Praise God. Has he charged you yet this morning? Ooh, I love it when I can see our worship team just having fun up here, letting go. And man, we serve an awesome God. Jesus is on the main line. <laughs> Tell him what you want. <laughs> well, Dylan, he gave a, an awesome message last week, and he was, you know, talked about we have to love ourselves first before we can love others properly and before we can even love Jesus the way we're supposed to love him we got to love ourselves first but when he ended there with loving Jesus this came to me midweek and it just picks up right there on I believe it just shows us how we're supposed to love Jesus and we're gonna we're gonna go through that I'm in Luke um, chapter 7 verse 36 I'm gonna read verse 36 through 50 and tell this story um And then we'll go back through and read it in colors, like to say. Verse 36 says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house, Jesus did, and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. And wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one he forgave more. Jesus said to him, you have rightly judged. Then Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. She, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many. Everybody say, her sins are many. Everybody say, my sins are many. For she loved much. Oh. Are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in grace. Lord, we just thank you for your presence in this place this morning. Lord, I pray that we just continue the prayer, charge us. Speak to our hearts, open our hearts, let our ears be open to hear your word, to hear your grace, and to feel your presence in this place. Let this message be yours, Father, not mine. I don't want not be with eloquent words, not with might, not with power, but let it go forth with your spirit, with your grace, and the power of your word, and the authority in you, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I'm going to go back... And just, I wanted to read it first so everybody had the whole story in the background because I'm probably going to be jumping back and forth through it. 
But verse 36 says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. The first line in itself is kind of contra. I mean, everywhere we see in the New Testament, Jesus and the Pharisees are at odds. Every single time, there is just controversy between the Pharisees. They, they feared him. They feared what he was doing. They feared what he stood for. So therefore, they just, everywhere he went, there was a crowd of them there trying to shout him down, as Pastor would say. They just, they did not want what he meant and what he stood for to get to the people. That went against their grain. A Pharisee, if you look, it means to separate. You know, they're a separated people. They think they're holier than thou. They have this prideful thing, I'm better than you. You know, my stuff don't stink. Kind of personality and character, character trait. It says they're exclusively religious. That's why religion turns so many people off. Because of a Pharisee attitude, a Pharisee atmosphere is what pushes people out of the church because of that religious, I'm better than you mentality that Pharisees get. We get sometimes. I think there all of us gets a bit of a spirit, uh, spirit of Pharisee in us at times, and it just comes out. You know, sometimes it just creeps in on us. <clears throat> but these guys, they were always... At odds with Jesus. You know, if, if you want to see how you know, Jesus really felt about Pharisees, just read Matthew 23. It kinda, I'm not going to read it, but it goes into detail and really gives his thoughts on Pharisees. But keep in mind, it's not the individual that he despises, that he goes against. It's not the individual. It's the ideology of it. It's the spirit, the Pharisee spirit that he is against. It's not the individual. We all get those, those spirits. We all get those things that come inside of us that make us not, a bad, not the best person that we can be for him. He doesn't despise us for that. He despises that spirit that's got a hold of us. So when you see Jesus going at odds with these Pharisees, it's not them as individuals that, he, that he's upset with, but it's just what they stand for. He went to the Pharisee's house and he sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. And this is another thing. The Pharisees, I'm better than you. What in the world is this sinner woman even doing walking into this Pharisee's house? I, said, I, I, had, a, I had a sit on that one for a little while. I couldn't piece it together. Why was she even there to begin with, when we know, I mean, you can tell by listening to this guy throughout the story that he talked down on her. He talked down at her, and you can just imagine what he done outside in the city to her. And here she is right there in his house. But you know what? She recognized who was at the table. She recognized who was in the house. She recognized whose presence she was going in. It wasn't the Pharisee's presence she was walking into. It was the presence of Jesus Christ that she was going into. And when you recognize and you acknowledge the presence of Jesus Christ, it gives you that boldness to walk into places you normally wouldn't walk into, in the situations you don't think you belong into. But when the presence of Jesus Christ is there, it gives you that boldness. It's like a backstage pass. Has anybody ever had a backstage pass to a concert or anything? 
I haven't either, but I hear they're really cool. You get to go back in the back and meet everybody and just do all these good things. But that's what it was, like the presence of Jesus Christ. She got a, a front stage pass. She got to go to the table that he was sitting at. She walked right in the door. It didn't matter what the Pharisee thought. It didn't matter who was in there. And there was a whole house full of them. If you read on down the bottom of the story, it says all the, at the end, all those started talking who is this guy? Who does he think he is that he can forgive sins? So there's a whole house of these Pharisee-minded people in there, and she walks right in and goes straight to the feet of Jesus. The presence of God can do that. It can give us that ability. It give us that boldness that it don't matter what nobody else thinks. All I want is that. All I want is to touch his feet. All I want is to touch the hem of his garment. All I want is to be in his presence. I don't care who else is in the house. I don't care if anybody's looking at me raising my hands. I don't care if I'm crying. All I want to be is in the presence of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. That's all that matters. Let them talk. Let them point. It don't matter. I'm in the presence. I'm in the presence. That's where I want to be. I would love to be there all the time. Just walk in there and be in the presence of the Lord. She brought that fragrant oil and she stood at his feet. Behind them weeping, she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. Let me back up just a little bit. This whole thing with the Pharisee, Simon, you know, does tell us his name down there, Simon. He invites Jesus there. And, you know, that's an honorable thing, right, to invite somebody in your house. But if you look at those details where he didn't give him a, a greeting kiss, he didn't wash his feet, he didn't anoint his head, he didn't bring Jesus there to honor him. He brought Jesus there to honor himself, to show all the other Pharisee-minded people a, high, a social standard. I'm, I'm somebody important. You know, I, everybody who's everybody's at my house. So that's why he invited Jesus to put on that show. But he didn't give Jesus the honor that Jesus deserves. So he didn't do those things. But who did? <laughs> who did give him the honor that he deserves? Now when the Pharisees who invited him, when the Pharisee who invited him saw, saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. <laughs> I love it when Jesus does this. This is so cool. He spoke to himself. It's not the only time we read about Jesus doing this in the Bible. He spoke to himself. If he only knew what this woman was, if he were really a prophet, he said that to himself, and Jesus answered him. <laughs> if, have you ever been talking about something under your breath, and you get, feel like you get an answer? <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus doing that to you when you're in a bad situation, doing something you're not supposed to be doing? You're talking to yourself or whispering in somebody's ears, and Jesus is like, I hear that. I know what you're doing. And Jesus answered him and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. you know, 
that sentence in itself is, is just to kind of put a stop, in, in my opinion, just to put a stop to the situation and get his full attention. He could have just said, Simon, and started the story. He said, Simon, I've got something to say to you. In other words, shut up and listen up. This is important. So now he's got full attention. He says, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50, and they had nothing which to repay. He freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who he forgave more, kind of walking on, maybe feeling the, the waters there. I suppose it's the one who's got more debt. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? Do you see this woman? We know that he sees the woman. You know that's where his whole mind's been ever since he walked in, is on the crazy woman on her feet, crying and wiping and rubbing on Jesus, who has no place in his house to begin with. You know he sees her. But Jesus says, do you see her? Or do you see what she's known for? Do you see her as the beautiful creation that I made? Or do you see her as an embarrassment to your party here? Do you see her? I see her. Jesus says, I see her. I know her. I know her name. We don't know her name, but, but he knows her name. He knows everything about her. He knows what she's done, but he knows what she's going to do. He knows where she came from, but he knows where she's going. He knows what you've done. He knows where you came from, but he knows where you're going. He knows what you're capable of in his presence. Regardless of who's looking, he knows that you will not even, you can't reach your highest ability until you get in his presence. He knows that about her. Yes, and Simon, do you see her? Get past your end of your nose. Do you see her for who she is? Do you see yourself for who you are? Do you see yourself the way Jesus sees you? Do you see the person next to you the way Jesus sees you? Do you see the person in your office the way Jesus sees them? Do you see the person that you're talking about the way Jesus sees them? Do you see them? Or do you see what you think about them? The person that talks about you, do you see them? The person that despises you, do you see them the way Jesus sees them? What a question right there in the middle. Do you see her? It says, I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. When's the last time that you have just threw everything aside and you have just poured on Jesus? The, for as long as you could, just poured on him. Just poured out to him. In prayer, in worship, in studying, in reading. When's the last time you just, just poured out to him the way she did? Says so you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, they are many. Her sins are many, 
my sins are many, your sins are many, but that next word says they are forgiven, for she loved much. And there was, let me read that out, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. There is one word, I've seen this, somebody put this on, on Facebook and they had it in the, the Passion Translation, and one word just opened up the story to me. You bring that up in uh, the Passion Translation. She has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me much extravagant love. But those who assume that they have very little to be forgiven for. Those who assume that they have very little for. A debt is a debt. A sin is a sin. He, did, he compared, you know, the 500 and the 50 denarii, but we have no idea of the incomes. My, my level of debt is completely different than somebody else's level of debt, whether it be $5 or $5,000. Remember the, the little woman that, you know, Jesus took the, took the guys aside and said, look, all these rich men, they gave a bunch in the offering. But look what she did. She gave two mites. She gave everything she had. $500 to me is a drop in a bucket to somebody else in here. It don't matter the level of debt. It don't matter the severity of the sin. Debt is debt. Sin is sin. So don't assume that your debt is little. And don't act like you don't do it. We all assume. I catch myself all the time. What are you doing, Curtis? Comparing somebody making myself feel not as bad because of somebody else has done worse in my eyes. Pharisee spirit. Pharisee spirit. Their debt is the same as mine. It was the same as mine. <laughs> it was. Regardless of the amounts, it has all been forgiven for me for you, our debts aren't no different. They're both forgiven. Mine, your debt, doesn't matter. They're both forgiven. They're zeroed out. They're canceled. They're void. They're null, nullified. They're gone. So what should our, what should our outcome be? What should our return be? Should we be throwing social parties to mock people? Or should we be on our knees washing feet of the one who forgave? Don't assume that the person next to you's debt is less or more than yours. We're on an even playing field. We all should be on our knees washing his feet, crying over those feet, rubbing those feet, anointing that head with oil, kissing him when he comes into our life and he walks in and we feel his presence, greeting with a kiss, not with I'm. I'm busy right now. I, I, I got to get to here. I got to get to there. I don't have time to worship right now. I don't have time to, to press in right now. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith. What was her what was her act of faith right there? It was just in recognition. It was in recognition of who was in the house. 
It was a recognition of whose presence she just walked into. She was in the same place, the same atmosphere, the same as everything as Simon. The same amount of debt, same everything. But she knew. She acknowledged whose presence she was in. If Simon would have acknowledged and realized whose presence he was in, he would have been doing all the same things. He didn't recognize. Slow down. Let's recognize when you have an opportunity to enter into the presence of Christ and dwell in there. Harold, would you come on back, please? It's not the size of the debt or the sin, but it's the condition of the heart. It's not the severity of the sin that matters, but it's the gratitude and the love that you have for the forgiveness. The amount that you've been forgiven for is the same as everybody else. You can't control that. What you can control is what you do in return. We control on how much we pour back. We control on how much we press in. And we, we ended last week with Dylan saying, you know, if, if you need prayer, come on up. That's great. We'll pray for you. If you never accepted Christ, now is definitely the time. But let's just love on him like she did. Let's just take a few moments and just love on him. His presence is in the house. He's at the table. He's ready to commune with us. He's always at the table. He's always ready to commune with you. You can stand where you are. You can sit where you are. You can kneel where you are. This is your time. But let's just take a few minutes to recognize what we've been given, what we've been forgiven. The amount, the debt, the size, it's all been forgiven. But what, what's your level of pourback going to be? What are you going to do to the Savior sitting at the table this morning?